Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Be well, sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar, and today's episode is featuring Allie Brown of the Shades of Brown podcast, and she is just such a bubbly, warm, just beautiful spirit. The first time I spoke to her was just a few moments before we went ahead and recorded the episode, and I felt like I had known her forever. She's just just a light. And um, so today we talked about where therapy and faith meets. A lot of times, especially in our community, there's a disconnect between um, going to seek therapy and just praying it out. Um, the old generation always taught us that, you know, if you have a problem, just go ahead and, and talk to God and pray it out and you'll ha- find your solution. And while that's true, you know, faith absolutely has a part in, you know, your wellness. There is also space for therapy. There's also space for um, people who are competent to provide us with the tools to help us navigate through um, and unlearn a lot of our um, past traumas and, and, and attitudes and help us to get better. She also discusses um, her personal journey in finding a therapist and more importantly, finding a culturally competent therapist, which is such an important factor in finding somebody who is a good fit, especially if you are part of a marginalized community. Um, so the, the conversation was awesome. It was a good time. She's just amazing. She has her own podcast. It's called the Shades of Brown podcast, which is linked in the show notes and as uh, along with everywhere you can find her on the web. Um, so before I keep running my mouth forever and ever, let's just go ahead and jump into the conversation. Thanks again for joining. Be well, sis. All right. Thank you so much for joining the show today. We had such a good little kiki before we even started the recording. <laughs> before we introduce you and have you come in, have the audience join us in our conversation, let's introduce yourself. Who are you? And tell the people about yourself. Yes, I am Allison Brown, um, also known as Allie B, the host of Shades of Brown podcast. And I, you know, I like to call myself, I'm a healer, lover, and a friend, and right. a lover of all things blackity black. Yes. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for joining us. So today we're going to be talking uh, about therapy. Therapy has been um, such a, a big part of my life in the past, like, three years, and uh-huh. I mean, I know my story, I want to hear your story. So yeah. what... And I also want to hear from your perspective because you are a woman of faith, right? Yes. yes. I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like a lot of times um, growing up, my experience and the experience of like my friends and stuff has been that we're taught, you don't A, tell people your business and B, you just go to God, girl, pray about it. So pray away, pray your troubles away. Yeah. So what led you to therapy? Oh, man. Um, Well, let me to therapy. I was, as you said, I grew up in a very, uh, I I grew up as a Christian in a very religious household. Um, So this idea of therapy was foreign. It was one of those things that you kind of just saw on TV, you know, and usually when you saw it, it was white folks. So Mm -hmm. it, it just was never 
um, relative to my experience, my reality. Mm -hmm. um, however, after undergrad, I moved to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm -hmm. And um, being from Alabama, that was a very um, a very culturally shocking experience. <laughs> are we are we out there? Like uh, less than two percent. Gotcha. Less so than two really. percent. Gotcha. <laughs> so there's all of twelve and a half black folks out there. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I, I I seriously found just about all all of us out there. I was like, where are we at? I need to find us. <laughs> and be closely connected. So yeah, I moved out of there by myself, no family, no friends. Um, so I was just I was forced in this place to really get to know myself. And um things begin things about my reality began to come up for me. Um, whether it was relational, whether it was um internal turmoil, whether it was spiritual, uh doubting my faith, all these different experiences experiences that I was going through by myself. Um, and having to question everything, everything about my foundation, everything about what I thought I knew, what I knew, all those things, everything was questioned. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't, I, I can't, I don't know exactly what what moment led me to therapy, but I remember it was probably around 2017, uh, late 2017, where I was like, something ain't right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And I couldn't pinpoint. At this point, it was years of this journey. It was because I moved out there in 2013. Um, so this was years of this, of confusion, years of um, evolution even, mm -hmm. years of battling, all these things, of just really becoming. I guess I can really just say that, becoming. All of, and all of that um, takes place in that becoming journey. Mm -hmm. But around late 2017, I was like, yeah, I've been trying to figure this thing out. And of course, you know, I know what it is to, you know, go to God in prayer and really seek his face. and. Um, all those things about deliverance and prayer, I, I, I understand them and I, I tried them. <laughs> and I was still in this place of like, all right, well, um, something still ain't right. <laughs> and it wasn't like some, uh, something's wrong with me, but I, but I would find myself saying that like something ain't right with me, like something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, you know what, at that, I was just desperate. I got to plus I was, I was desperate to figure it out. Whatever it was, I was desperate to figure it out because I wasn't myself yeah um everything changed on me the, my, the way I behaved socially changed the way I looked changed um the way I interacted with people changed I, things are just changing I just wasn't myself mm -hmm. so um around the summer of 2018 I think was my first time going to therapy and it was my very first session it was mind-blowing very mm -hmm. enlightening mm -hmm. I was like, oh, snap, like, y'all got, like, actual study behind this stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there's, like, scientific methods to deal with and address our mind. And as a Christian, you know, I know all about, you know, this concept of renewing your mind, right? Mm -hmm. The scriptures tell us to renew our minds. But, like, there are legit scientific methods to do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait. So instead of praying, Lord, renew my mind, Lord, renew my mind, like, I can actually just, like, take practical steps to do this thing yeah okay okay yeah. um so i met with a counselor who was at the like i said utah isn't really it's a really white state so mm -hmm. she was white an older mm -hmm. white lady and um though like i said it was mind-blowing and enlightening i also found that there was a missing piece mm -hmm. and i 
when I finally decided to go to therapy, this was like a major step to even consider going, you know, so yeah. I, I didn't know what to look for in a therapist, uh, who to call. I, I just knew that the company I was working for, they offered free counseling sessions. We had a counselor on site, mm-hmm. we had a huge, a huge um, division. So mm-hmm. it was thousands of us on campus. So they had someone on site. And I thought that was very great. Okay, cool. Yeah. I would just schedule it, in, in, schedule it for my lunch break and just go down there and talk to her, um, which was more so just a convenience thing. Because mm-hmm. again, I didn't know where to start and what to look for. So I found that um, as she would just dig and ask me questions, trying to get to know me and get to know why I was coming to her, why I was coming to therapy, why I was starting this journey, um, of course, I just began to be super transparent about my journey up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, all that led me, or, or what I thought led me to come to her, I was mm-hmm. sharing with her. And I began to share about how my blackness played into all this, like mm-hmm. me feeling other. You know, it's why you come from the South, so you're different. You're Black, so you're different. Mm-hmm. You believe in different faith than these people do. Like, everything about me was different. The way I, even the way I interact, like, Utah is very passive-aggressive. Like, the people mm-hmm. I interact with, and this is this is just a generalization. I'm not saying everyone varies, but right. in general, it's just one of those things that outsiders know about Utah. It's very passive-aggressive. Coming from the South, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's it, just everything about the place was different. It was, I was other. Yeah. Um, so I was sharing how my blackness plays into that. And she really began to be intrigued on that piece of it. She just kind of was just stick there and dig into that piece more. And I would share with her stuff and she would, she just became kind of like patronizing. Mm. And um, it was almost like, man, I just really, I just didn't know that. I didn't know that, you know, you people like you would feel that way. And she, this, these are not exact quotes that she right. used, but it was more like, huh, man, I just, that makes me just really want to dig into that more, and it was almost as if I was enlightening her, right, um, and helping her to overcome maybe some biases she had yeah. about Black people, or all of these different things, because I was also telling her about how uh, clearly what I eventually found out what it was depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. um, and, and I was letting her know how this even affected my work, you know, and how I felt I was being perceived, which was um, not uh, performing up to the part, which was, of course, we found out later on, I was actually outperforming people because, you know, right. racism and racism. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a whole other conversation. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> a whole mm-hmm. other conversation. But she just was, like, really trying to figure out this this Black part of, of my story. So uh, at first, it didn't bother me too much. I was like, you know, I'm going to just give her a pass. She don't know. She's a little bit, you know, she's just ignorant and just mm-hmm. lack of knowledge, not a bad, good or bad. It, just, it is what it is. Right. I go back to her and she kind of like doubles down on this whole cultural thing and this race thing. And I was just not here for it. Like, I, I didn't come to her. I didn't come to her to help her overcome her ignorance. Just, mm, so it's like you are a case study for her. I'm not nobody's case study. Right. That is a perfect word. I, I'm, not, I'm like, no, I'm not trying to be your case study. I'm not trying to be. <laughs> No, I came to you for help. I don't need right. to be help. I'm not trying to help you. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can help other people, but not in this setting. Mm-hmm. I need to help me. I just, I couldn't get over And I didn't have the language for it then, but it was that patronizing thing and that almost condescending thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just stopped going. I was like, yeah. you know what? Maybe this is for me. Maybe therapy just isn't my thing. I tried, you know, mm-hmm. I got out of my comfort zone and I, I tried. 
yeah. and it was enlightening and it opened it kind of it cracked the door for like a, a, a major awakening it did um but I stopped going I'm like you know what I just right. I'll figure something out you know Oh. I feel like a lot of us have that experience with our first time going to therapy, especially if it's somebody who doesn't share the same background or a same or similar oh worldview. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes. it stinks because the, your first time going to therapy is it takes so much courage to do something oh different and to just step out of your comfort zone. Like, yes. and like, especially since we're conditioned to think, well, that's for quote, crazy people. Uh-huh, right? uh-huh, like, uh-huh. am I crazy for me to go talk to somebody yes. about all of my stuff? Yes. And now you get there and now you're a case study. Yes. And, and even to that point about the whole, like, am I crazy? It was like, as we know, you go to a therapist, the safe space for you to just, you know, leave it all there. But here I was still trying to like be on, you know, mm-hmm. like to have this side of like, like mm-hmm. things are going great, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm here, I'm here to talk to you, but you know, let it be known. I'm not crazy. Okay. Like mm-hmm. I got my ish together. I got my stuff together. I just need a little bit of assistance. Right. <laughs> um, and looking back, I can even see where I wasn't even completely honest with her. Right. <laughs> like I wasn't right. even, she would ask me questions about relationships. I was like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm fine. I was not fine. Right. <laughs> not right. Um, so yeah, I, that lady didn't work out. She helped me to a point, to a certain point. I appreciate the help she did offer me. She did offer me help. There was just a huge missing piece. And I was, it just, it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. It just made me uncomfortable. Uh, fast forward some months and I, you know, I got the courage to try again. Mm -hmm. But this time around, I'm like, you know what? I know I'm out here, uh, in Utah, but there's just gotta be at least one black therapist in the state. I'll drive, like, I, I'll do whatever. Like, I've got to find <laughs> somebody who relates to me, you know? Um, and I think it was, I was listening to The Breakfast Club and Taraji P. Henson was a guest host. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking about this idea of cultural competency. And she was talking about how it helped her, um, with her either nephew or son. I think it was her son. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking about the importance of cultural competency. And, I, and that was the first time that I had real language for my experience. Yeah. Like, okay, that's why I didn't click with that lady. It wasn't really anything wrong with her. She just wasn't connecting with me on a, on a cultural level. Mm-hmm. And that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that was important to me until uh, Taraji like, made that known that with that, with that term, with that phrase. Um, I'm like, okay, that's it. I need someone culturally competent. So mm-hmm. that allowed me to search for therapists um, in a more effective way. Now right. I can tailor it, right? So I began searching for black therapists um, that were, of course, in my insurance network. So the the, the barriers just piled on, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. Utah, you're black, you're in my insurance, like all those things. Yeah. Very difficult. However, I came across a lady who was a native to Utah and she was mixed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, those that has some implications because she was raised in Utah, so culturally mm-hmm. she may be very different, but she is half black, so maybe she'll be cool. I don't know. Maybe she'll mm-hmm. be cool. So I set my appointment with her and um she was phenomenal. Nice. She was incredible, like absolutely incredible. And she just began like peeling like the layers and we had this I, I think it's a human thing, but I think it's heightened with black women. We have this thing where we um we act as if our issues are like, oh, that, that's not, someone else's are worse. We always yeah. act as if 
what we're going through isn't bad because somebody else has it worse off. You know, we kind of just ignore or dismiss our own issues because somebody, it could be worse. It could be worse. Just we'll just figure it out. Keep on going. Hey, sis, enjoying the episode? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating along with a glowing review. And if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a screenshot of your screen while you're listening and share on your social media. Also, tag BeWellSis underscore podcast and two of your friends who you think will enjoy the show. I mean, they'll enjoy it. So go ahead, tag them. (laughs) Now let's get back to it. Yeah, I think we are socialized. I think since we're kids, we're all taught, especially little black girls who become women, are always taught to, it's okay, it's okay, mm-hmm. and we're strong, right? We're strong. So it, you can handle that. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I particularly never put on that whole, that strong black woman. The, the, I never subscribed to the strong black woman syndrome because I come from a long line of very strong black women. So I didn't see myself as them. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought I was more like on the weekend, like I'm not, I'm not y'all, like I'm a little bit, mm-hmm. I'm sensitive, I'm emotional, like I'm not that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I never even wore that, you know, in my mind, I didn't wear that cape of honor, like I'm a strong black woman, you know? Mm-hmm. But going to therapy, she was the first one to like really give me perspective, like girl, you, you're really carrying a lot and you don't have to, like you mm-hmm. are really out here like pushing through some stuff that some folks ain't making it through. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? <laughs> like, this ain't, everybody ain't going to this? <laughs> like yeah this is a bit traumatic <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh okay so this ain't normal okay um and I was like wow maybe I have been socializing that way to just just keep going and just keep figuring out like I said I couldn't stop I'm not by myself no family no friends mm-hmm. I can't just stop what I'm doing and shut down like I've got to keep going mm-hmm. um there was there's no option to mm-hmm. you know to just shut down you know yep. So we end up being in that way just by default. Like we just got to figure stuff out. Two or three weeks after I started seeing her, and this was in 2018, towards the end of 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had been in Utah at that point for five plus years. Oh, wow. Three weeks after starting to see her, I get this opportunity to move away to Nashville. So I'm like, wait, I just got started. (laughs) I just started this healing journey. I just got, we can't stop, you know, but. This was the thing I've been wanting all these years. I, I didn't, I didn't love Utah. So I'm like, finally, like, I get to leave. Yeah. But this means I've got to like halt yet again my mm-hmm. therapy journey. You know that mm-hmm. I just started. Yeah. So, um, but she was incredible though, for real. Like, shout out to Lakeisha Golove. You were a life saver, a life changer, straight no, up. No, no. Um, and because of her, I was able to continue in my journey once I moved here to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And it took me about over a year actually to find a therapist here in Nashville but during that year though I experienced so much healing one because of my faith I do Mm -hmm. believe Jesus and therapy we need both of them I do believe that Mm -hmm. they can work simultaneously they can work beautifully together they can coexist it's Mm -hmm. not all or nothing it's not one or the other Mm -hmm. um I love to live in the space of this and that Yes. Um, yes. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of red, a little bit of blue, a little bit of all of the things. I believe we can exist in the middle ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, coming here and being being away from a therapist for a, a whole year, I was still able to make such progress in my healing journey because of what because of the methods and the tools yes. that uh, my therapist gave me, that Lakeisha gave me. Um, 
and I still carry with carry them with me to this day because my therapist now she uses a different method than Lakeisha did but I still find myself um going back to things that she told me even in those in, in that short month that we had together mm-hmm. um I still find myself going back to like okay like I got some notes from Lakeisha in my phone like let me go let me see what mm-hmm. she said you know mm-hmm. um so therapy for me as a uh a girl born in the South, Bible Bill, you know, daddy was a preacher. You pray, 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 speak in tongues, carry all night, roll in the floor, run around the church, give an offering because God going to bless you. All of those things, right, coming from that place um, and finally saying, all right, let me try something else. Mm-hmm. It has been the most life-changing thing I've ever done. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, I just want to encourage everyone to like tell it, please, even if you're not struggling, go see a therapist. Absolutely. Be a therapist because there's something about um, just understanding. A lot of times we deal with stuff and we try to just, you know, like we, we brush it off because we're not able to articulate what it really is. Mm-hmm. And if we just had understanding, we just had knowledge, we just yeah. had the language for it, we could really uh, address our needs in a better way. Absolutely. Um, so I tell everyone, go see a therapist. And it will just give you a space where you can finally realize you're not alone and whatever you're experiencing like you you are not alone somebody else so many other people are experiencing the exact same thing mm-hmm. and there are methods there are tools to help guide us forward to help guide us in healing mm-hmm. um so yeah it's not one of those things where i'm now on the exact opposite end where it's like therapy 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 therapy, therapy no prayer no it's like here i i i, I was telling some some folks like this whole just pray it away thing. I I I think that um, prayer is essential. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I cannot live my life without it, with mm-hmm. uh, that vertical communication, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times in prayer, it doesn't just stop with me um, making my request known, right. right? Like if I say, God, I want you to heal me, well, he's going to require a response from me. All right, we'll do this. We'll say this. We'll go. Bingo. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and so for me, I've learned that sometimes that response that he requires is me going to see somebody who is who has a specialty need. They can truly meet the need, you know, like just like we go to doctors for everything else. It's the same concept. It is the same concept. When we break our legs, we don't just pray, Lord, just heal my legs. You can just really go see somebody and get that thing fixed. Because what I found with my current therapist here in Nashville, when I say she's a godsend, like I'll be I'll be in a in a session with her and she'll speak to something um that isn't even related to what I was saying to her. It's like, how did you how wait, how did you tap in somebody because like okay, mm-hmm. you for real godsend. And I truly believe that as we call God a healer, yes, he is a healer, but sometimes his healing looks like people helping us heal. Yes. Sometimes he sends his healing through people. Yes. You know? Um, and I truly believe that therapy is a reflection of his healing. Mm-hmm. Like just because it wasn't a miraculous event at a church service doesn't mean that it is um, not as valid. Like, no, 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 no. That is his healing also. As we heal, as we renew our minds, we then become closer with our creator. It is like just one of those things that like that just happens naturally. Like we are becoming um, whole, I guess yeah. is what I was trying to say. We're becoming whole. Um, and in that, I believe that glorifies God. I'm not taking credit away from him because mm-hmm. I went to a therapist. I'm actually showing people that he truly can heal even our mental needs because I've gone to see somebody that he brought here for me. Yeah. For us. Particularly in the Bible Belt, this culture where it's like, um, 
they think that these types of alternatives, quote unquote, you know, are so ungodly or so far away mm -hmm. from. And it's like, no, it's the exact opposite. Yes. It's the exact opposite. Like we are becoming more like him as we yes. become more whole. Yes. And we'll never get to a state of perfection or a state of wholeness to where we have no brokenness in us, but wholeness in a place where we don't have lack. You know what I mean? Where we we're not um we don't have all these voids, all these emotional wounds, all these um mm -hmm. just wound after wound and trauma after trauma. And and sometimes and sometimes our trauma isn't even our own. Sometimes it was passed down to us. Oh, know? absolutely. But, and, and, and that is unfortunate, right? That's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is, we've still got to deal with it. You know? Yes. It's, yes. No, it's not fair, but it is what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And in order for me to not, or in order for us to not continue passing it on, somebody yes. got to stop and say, let's deal with this stuff. Yes. Somebody yes. has to say. And for me, I will, I, I will just be that one. How about that? Yes. A couple of years ago when I decided to go back to therapy and to find a therapist and really be serious about um, my growth and like my healing and addressing things, mm -hmm. my main motivator was that now I'm a mom and I don't mm -hmm. remember the same things that I yeah. seen repeated. And it's not that, you know, my mom's a great mother, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But we're all human. And we yes. do things that we don't intend to be hurtful, but can be hurtful and can be damaging. So I'm like, I, I don't want to keep doing the same things because that's the behavior that I subconsciously learn and absorbed. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, you said, absolutely. I need to be the first one, right? To like, yes, yes. And, and, mm -hmm. and I think it's so important to acknowledge that, right? Like, I, I feel that when it comes to parenting and, 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 um, how we choose to pass down or raise the next generation. I think I choose, I choose to believe that the majority of parents um, do what they believe is best. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and they can only give what they got. Yep. yep. And if they, all they have is brokenness, trauma, wounds, that's all they got and they do the best with that mm -hmm. um so i think it's important to acknowledge that mm -hmm. but also say at the same time thank you for what you gave me thank you for all you did and all you could however i need more so yes. i yes. choose to do the work to heal those spaces where there was nothing there yeah yeah you gave me this but i also needed that Yes, you filled me up here, but I was left empty here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's not even a, I, I have had to learn this, that it's not a blame game. No. Right? It's always like hurt people, hurt people. Well, if you keep going to that hurt person, you're going to find another hurt person. Yeah. And it continues, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, you know what? Str I, can I blame my mom? All right, well, but if I blame my mom, I've got to then go to her mom, right? Then I go, well, let me just keep on going. But it, it just goes on and on and on. So I found myself transitioning from a place of resentment to compassion like dang, yes y'all like you need help too when it comes to the faith part a, a big part of, of my faith is you know evangelizing it and, and sharing God's good news with other people well I don't want to go around sharing my, my faith if I'm the reflection of it and I'm broken and I'm wounded and I'm tra traumatized Hello. Like what, what kind of reflection of this God image am I going to be if I have not dealt with who I am, if I'm mean and truly, and what kind of reflection would I be to someone who per se is not a believer, but is healthy? 
mm-hmm. they're looking at me like, "What? Why do I want your God when you you got you got all kinds of issues?" You know what well, I'm saying? Well. What 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 about your God is attractive? I don't mm-hmm. want it. You know, mm-hmm. and I found that this gospel that we preach a lot of times is not the most amazing example because Oof. he broke, busted, and disgusted. Hello. And got all <laughs> kinds of stuff going on. And I'm like, I don't subscribe to that. I'm being uh, a thousand percent honest with you and transparent with you. I grew up in a very religious home. I've had a hard time. As like, am I a Christian? Because like, do I identify as a Christian? Because I feel mm-hmm. like those people, quote unquote, yeah, the majority of them are mean. Like they are mean. Uh-huh. They're hypocritical. And I'm like, I don't uh-huh. necessarily want to bunch myself into that group because that's not yeah. what I'm trying to be at all. And I'm like, you know what? Whether you call me a Christian or not, I, I don't care what the label is. Yeah, because that because those labels come with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Let me just tell you about my vertical relationship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. After moving back to the South, after mm-hmm. being in Utah for five and a half years, I began um, church hunting. And I was so excited to be back in the South, you know, where churches are plentiful. You mm-hmm. know, I won't have a hard time finding one. And I remember going to this church where I was so excited to be just back. You know, I went to this church and I was late. That was my bad. You know, I got a problem. I was mm-hmm. late. <laughs> and when I got there, I believe uh, I was super late. I believe the speaker was just getting up to preach. They had a guest speaker that day and he was just getting up to preach. So when I, and he was praying. So when I walked in, you know, people's heads are bowed, eyes are closed. So I go to open the door to the sanctuary and the usher was like, wait right there. Like you can't come in right now. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, I'm a first time visitor. This is not a mega church where, you know, you don't know who's a member or not. You know you ain't never seen my face before. I'm a first-time visitor, right? <laughs> so she's like, wait right here. You can't come in. I'm like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? Protocol. I respect the house. All right, you know? <laughs> so when the prayer was finally done, she opens the door, and I then go to the very last row because I am super late. Do not yeah. want to be walking around aisles. Like, let me just get the very last row. I sit down. Oh, excuse me. You can't sit right there. This is for the usher. Okay. Now, mind you, this pew was so mad long, yo. <laughs> like, the usher board, the choir, and the uh, ministerial worker to stay on the same row. And it had been more room, more, more than enough room, right? So she tells me I can't sit there. I got to move. I'm like, you know what? All right, cool. Move, and move to the next, you know, to the next pew. And in that moment, I'm like, you know, I, I will never be back here. Because right. not, not one time did she say, hello, how are you doing? So good, nice for you to be here. Are you a first-time member? I mean, right. first-time visitor. None of that. No greeting, no nothing. Just straight up rules and regulations. What you cannot do. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I can't. I can't. It's like, I do you want me here or not? Like, right. Like, dude, am I welcome or not? Because <laughs> I leave. <laughs> uh, I ain't got. To, I ain't got to say it. I know Jesus. We cool. I can. I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and like for the, I, and I, I did say, I did say for the duration of the service, but I could not receive anything. I can't even tell you like what songs I heard. Yeah. When we preached, I was closed, completely closed, because of my interaction with this usher, who was a representation of not only her church but of her faith. Mm. And I, all I could think about was, although I was angry, I was also sad because 
all I could think about was what if I was an atheist, an agnostic person, or someone desperate for some spirituality, something um, deeper, and I came in, and that was my first interaction. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I was on the edge, you know what I'm saying, on the yeah. verge of suicide, or what if I was really needing a breakthrough, and that was my interaction? Like, mm-hmm. nah, I don't want it, you know right. what I'm saying? So I take pride in um, not being perfect, but in being a representation that I believe God would be proud of. No, mm-hmm. I'm not. No, I don't. I, I make I make tons of mistakes and I sin on a daily basis. So thank you so much, Ali, for being on the show. So tell the people where can you be found? <laughs> yes, I can be found um, on Instagram at Ali underscore Brit, A-L-Y underscore B-R-I-T, or, or um, Shades of Brown podcast. And that's mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, I would love for y'all to come check me out. Yes. I cannot wait to have you on Shades of Brown podcast. I'm there. Tell me when. I'm there. Tell me when. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.